All right, bradcooney.com would like to welcome to the show hip-hop recording artist John Sway. What is up, John? How you doing, man? Appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on, man. Everything, everything going good for you? So far, man, yeah, everything's going great. All right, that's good stuff. All right, so um, I, li- I listened to your song, and I read through your bio. You have a, an interesting um, chapter, a couple chapters going on in your life. So I, I think the first thing I want to touch base on is tell my, my listeners out there a little bit about you, like like what got you first involved in making music, and, and just kind of like paint a picture for my listeners like that. Making out, making music when I was like, uh, well, matter of fact, I started writing when I was about 11 years old. It was kind of like a, a therapy thing for me because I used to get bullied when I was young. It's based off the fact that I was constantly moving around and stuff. So it became like just an outlet to get steam off and, and stuff like that. But it progressively, you know, as it was an outlet, it progressively, progressively grew as like a, like a, I don't know, like just everything to me. You know what I mean? That's when. I started recording at about 16, okay. like 16, 17, and then I'm 26 now, so it's been a, it's been a long journey, but it just became became life, you know what I mean? It became passion, life, everything now. Yep, so now you're from the Bronx? Were you born in the Bronx? Yeah, born and raised in the Bronx. How old were you when you left the, uh, the Bronx? So I bounced back and forth from the Bronx, like, constantly, but I left the Bronx when I was five till I was about seven. I lived in Italy. Came mm-hmm. back for a few years. Then I moved to. All, long story short, I, I bounced all around the place, but I've, my main central place of, of residence was always the Bronx. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that I found interesting about you when I was reading, doing my research on you, is there was an image that you saw of a Buddhist monk that really inspired you. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man, that actually inspired my entire, so I have a label, it's, um, it's my own label, it's called Burning Buddha Entertainment, mm-hmm. and basically straight off that image and what it represented, it was, it's, it's, it's kind of dark, but it, it, it means so much based off the fact that this man, this Buddhist monk, he set himself on fire in protest of the Vietnam War, mm. and he literally didn't move, he didn't flinch, he was just straight up sitting there, and he left his mind, I mean, like, he left his body, like, with his mind and everything, it's, it was amazing to see it's really, you know, sad that he had to do it, but it showed how far people are able to go when they truly believe in something. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. I totally do. You know, my my father, my father was a World War II veteran, right? He was uh, he was uh, he he was in the South Pacific on a on a battleship, and he was telling me about the Japanese. Um, the kamikazes. Are you familiar with the kamikazes in, in, in World War Two? Yeah, I am. So that kind of like reminds me of what you were saying. Although you know the Japanese at the time when that happened were Americans' enemy. enemy but I got to tell you, man, I got mad respect for anybody who who will crash a plane purposely and kill themselves for for, <laughs> for what they believe. You know what I mean? You got you got to you got to respect that. Real shit. Real, I'll, I'll excuse my language, but yeah, no, you're good. Man, like it's, okay, so it's not that type of station. Yeah, no, no, nah, nah, be you, man, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, like in that type of when you have that type of energy where you're so willing to give it all up for what you believe in, man, that mm-hmm. that speaks volumes to me because it's it's not easy for for someone to do. You know what I mean? Like just the thought of losing your life for a cause, even for 
this translates to me over to Malcolm X to Martin Luther King to a lot of different um a lot of different people. Yeah. Been, you know, you still there, bro? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, the phone kind of broke up a little bit. Yeah, like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, uh, John Lewis. I actually, I, I live in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm originally born and raised up in upstate New York, but I've lived in Mississippi now for 20 years, and we finally got rid of that racist uh, bullshit flag. And finally, after all these years, we finally got a new Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I was one of the people that was really fighting hard to try to get that thing uh, got, gotten rid of, and thank God we finally, we finally did it. But... Medgar Evers is another civil rights icon that I actually drove to where Medgar Evers was assassinated right outside of his house in his driveway and uh because I only live about maybe 20 minutes from where Medgar Evers was uh where he was killed and one of the most amazing conversations I ever had was when I went there it was in a very very I'm gonna lie to you man I was just in a really dangerous part of Jackson um, especially for a big old white dude like me to be driving up in there, but I didn't give a fuck, man, because I, I really, really respected Mega Evers and what he did, and you know somebody took his life because he was trying to fight for equality and, and get you know people to treat African Americans just like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? But one of the most amazing conversations I ever had was when I was standing there, I was taking pictures of, of the house, and there's a nice memorial, little memorial sign outside. And one of the neighbors walked over, and real nice guy. He was, you know, African American guy, maybe in his seventies. And he kind of came over. He had a big old smile, man, from ear to ear. You know, real nice. I could tell he was a real sweetheart guy. And he was like, "Son, did you get lost?" That's the first thing he asked me. And, and I said, "No, nah, man, I didn't get lost, man." But I, it was funny. And and then he and then here we are. Me and this guy. I don't know who he was, but he was just a guy. And we just and he told me all kinds of stories about Medgar Evers because you know he lived across the street, and it was just a cool moment, man, just to sit there and just talk to this guy. And he was you know, he knew him personally, you know what I mean? And, and, and he knew him personally. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he that's lived how, right. That, that just proves right there how short, you know, like short of a time ago that that this entire civil rights movement was. Yeah. I, I, I looked into it recently, man. Emmett Till, he would have just turned eighty. I think uh, maybe last month or something like that. Yeah, man. So it's like a lot of people have this conception that, you know, racism is dead. Like, what? Get over it. You know what I mean? But it's like. No, you man, can't. Like, this, is, this is a systematic. Exactly. You bro. can't. You know, I tell a lot of people, like, I, ever since the George Floyd thing went down, where, where they killed this guy, I've been like. Dude, you would not believe how exhausting it is. Well, maybe you will because you're you're an African American. You probably know better than me. But how exhausting it's been for me to try to teach white people what white privilege is. They hear the word privilege, right? And immediately when they hear privilege, like their defense mechanisms kick in. And and then they go with the oh well I was you know I didn't have nothing growing up I was poor but they don't understand white privilege has nothing to do with monetary or physical or you know or or physical attributes like nice cars or it doesn't have I mean it doesn't it's not that you know so when you try to teach these people look man white white privilege has nothing to do with kind of car you drive what kind of job you have you know my father my father only had a ninth grade education. And he was a laborer. He, he worked. A, 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 he, he insulated houses, but he he enjoyed white privilege. You know, so people.
people, it's very frustrating to try to teach people what it is, and you got people that are fighting and, and, and arguing with you, and they can't even define what the fuck it is. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know? that's, that's the most bothering thing, man, because it's like, it's just, it, it's the refusal to be empathetic, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a thing where it, it, it really, me being half white, I, I don't know if I deal with it. I, don't, I guess I see both sides, and I have an, I have an ability to be able to tap into both sides more than people who are just white or just black. Right. So it's like I get I get to see both sides, but it I'm you know no, no matter what I'm black. So it's just I, basically I'm gonna be exposed to one side more than the other. But one thing that I do notice from the white side of my family is that they are able to debate this and you know go back and forth and argue this. Not my father, you know, he's white, but he doesn't really go through this, but he doesn't debate it, but a lot of people who are more disconnected family from me on the white side, they have a tougher time understanding where I'm coming from when it comes to this, just because they don't ever have to deal with this, you know what I mean? Yep, I do. One of, one of the things I always hear white people say when they see like a Black Lives Matter uh, meme or something on Facebook, somebody will post a Black Lives Matter, and the first effing thing I see is somebody some white guy will put all lives matter and it's like it freaking it, dude it pisses me off so bad man it's like I'll respond to them like motherfucker I don't know one black person that ever came up to me and said white lives don't matter ever bro <laughs> ever you know it's, it, it, it's just stop that stop it stop it of course white lives matter but don't use it in the context of a rebuttal when you see someone exactly. say black That's lives why matter. I like the blue lives matter thing. The, there's a bunch of out of nowhere these lives matter, which is like, like, yeah, man, we know that. We get that. That's not it. It's so weird to even have to explain it because it's like, it's something that shouldn't have to be explained, but it's yeah. like, these whole things, these whole, the blue lives matter movement, the all lives matter movement, it's just like, these aren't fucking movements, man. Yeah. These are, this, this is disrespect. You know what I mean? This is what it is. Like, we, we can see through it. Like, you didn't say this until... We said our lives matter. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything, I mean, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, basically, this is where my music, a lot of my passionate, my most passionate music stems from stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like, yep. my great grandfather, he actually was a, uh, he basically began Rastafarianism. Yeah. It's like a lot of shit that, I, I don't even know if it's, it's hereditary or what it is, but I, I can't go a day without thinking about this. And my platform being able to use it but this type of energy is like, you know, it's, it's the best thing for me. Yeah, now is your great-grandfather still alive or did he pass away? No, nah, he passed away. He passed away, um, he was born in the 1800s, late, oh, late wow. 1800s. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he, so he, man, he, he's seen some shit in his day. Jesus. Um, yeah. You know what? never get time, man, if you look into, go ahead. No, no, you finish your thought. I was going to say, if you ever get time and you want to look into Leonard Howell, Okay. The, uh, he's basically he was around with Marcus Garvey, right next to him. He was just a little bit more um, out there. You know what I mean? Like he was more vocal and vo- he was more aggressive. I would say he was the Malcolm X of his time. Jeez. Like Marcus Garvey was MLK, he'd be Malcolm X. Look, man, that's saying a lot because I mean, first of all, Malcolm X in that generation had a lot of balls. I mean, you had to be brave. Oh my God! Just think about what your great grandfather had to go through. I mean, it was even worse when he was in his prime. You know. That's a sad. That's a sad. You're right. Yeah, man. Big respect to him for sure. Um, all right. So, 
So how long were you in Italy? Because that got my attention too when I was reading about you. So how long did you live over there? So I lived there from I was five till I was seven. So I wish I could like, you know, go back and remember some of the shit that yeah. I remember. You were a kid. Be real, like, it, it's, yeah, I was a little kid. I was a blur. I mean, I remember certain things like the pizza. Yeah. Uh, I remember maybe like the color of my like, bike. Weird shit that I remember, but like not enough to, yeah. you know I mean, to say I really experienced it. Weird, you got like, little childhood like snapshots you can remember like in your head. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was actually in the Navy and I was I was in Naples, Italy back in like 1986, I think. You probably weren't even you weren't even born then. Um, nah, I wasn't. <laughs> but I but I liked Italy. It was pretty cool that Kobe Bryant was over in Italy for a while too and spoke fluent Italian too. Holy shit, I did not even know that. That's crazy. You didn't know that. No, I didn't know he spoke fluent Italian. Fluent. That's, that's crazy. Dude, fluent Italian. Kobe Bryant was, was very, very intelligent. Extremely intelligent, dude. Yep. That's crazy. Very smart dude, man. That dude was definitely definitely one of the greatest human beings to have lived, you know? You know, one of the things that... that, that well, I admire a lot of things about Kobe Bryant, but I think one, one really cool thing... Of course, we all know he passed away in the helicopter crash. But you know what, man? What's really one? If you're gonna find a silver lining in anything, the silver lining in his passing was he died on the way to go help his daughter coach his daughter's basketball game. So he yeah. he gave his life being a fucking badass great father. Great father, and that's that's the best way to go out. Unfortunately, I can't even imagine. I don't want to get too dark and depressing, but I can't even... I'm a father. I don't know if you have kids, but, man, I can't imagine the the pain that you know, that comforting your daughter, knowing that you guys are both about to die, man, that shit, that's the... Like, that shit is tormenting. That's so sad, man. Yeah, but he... I mean, obviously, he didn't have... He didn't have any idea that the damn helicopter was going to crash into a mountain. Um, but what I'm oh, saying no, is, is it's pretty. it's pretty awesome that... You know, if you're going to go out early like that, at least at least he went out, and, and you know his last his last thing he was doing of his life was being a great father. That's that's great. That's that's you know, true. that's one thing I admire. All right, um, so let's talk about your your music now. So you have this single out called Contagious, and I listened to it. I really really like it, man. Honestly, um, I can tell it was. Thank you. I can tell it was. Um, well, you know, so I, I I interview a lot of people, man, in all genres, hip hop, rock. Um, so I get a lot of files to listen to, and honestly, some of them, the music's not that great. <laughs> I would never say that to them, but uh, <laughs> and then, but then I I've had some that I've had some that's been like really fucking good, and yours is really fucking good. So I can tell you have talent, and it's something that you didn't just slap together, you know, just to say you, you have a single out. The song's called Contagious, so tell me about the song, a little bit about the backstory and, and how this song came about. So a friend of mine, um, his name's Arkani, shout out to him, he's a, he's a director, he actually directed the video. Um, he, we we kind of just came together with this idea, and it was, it, it was really like, we wanted to go really hard with the video, the video hit how it, we're glad it hit how it did, but it was supposed to hit a little harder, but that's neither here nor there. Basically, it was to have something so shareable to, because to, everybody is starting to get addicted to their phone. Everybody is 
being manipulated by their phones, and not just their phones, deeper than that, it's technology and the, yeah. the way that technology is slowly but surely taking over the minds, you know what I mean? Like, years ago, the attention span was probably like, what, I don't even know, but right now, it's probably 10 seconds, 5 it's seconds. It's terrible. Before you're bored or something. Yeah, Dude, exactly. you, can't, you can't even have a conversation with anybody anymore, because you get 20 seconds right. into a conversation and their fucking phone goes off, or they get a text message. And then they're like halfway listening to you, and then they're halfway reading somebody's text message. It drives me nuts, man. It drives me crazy. Dude, it's terrible, man. It's like you really can't communicate unless... And it's this whole facade that people live through, this whole this glamorous lifestyle that people want to pretend to live. It's just a lot of fake, you know what I mean? That's, that's where the song came from. And, and I wanted to convey the message that like the life that we're leading, the, life, the energy we're giving to these phones is only going to... It's only gonna destroy us, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I said, am I a part of a, am I, basically am I a part of a matrix, you know what I mean? Like, am I, am I in a system that's destroying the youth? Am I, am I a part of this? Am I helping do this? And then at the end it shows like, I'm watching the whole video of myself on the phone, you know what I mean? It's, hmm. I was, I was a, uh, I don't know if it's cool to say online in the bucket, I was tripping when I made the song. Tripping hard. <laughs> what, what were you doing? What, what, what was your, what was your flavor? I was uh, I was doing shrooms. Ah, look, man, look, man, back, back. I, I, I mess around with. I fuck with shrooms a little bit back in the eighties, man. So I mean, yeah. ain't nothing new to me. It's, I mean, I haven't uh, fucked with it in a long time, but I, I feel you though. Know. <laughs> it's one of the things that just elevates their consciousness. I yeah. recorded the whole thing like that. It was, it was, uh, it was an experience. It was cool. I really love that song too. It's one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite songs I've ever made. Yeah, I like it too. Who, who made the beat for that? Uh, this dude named Cato on the track. I actually won it from this competition he was doing. It's called Collab for the Crown. Oh. Every so often. I think, yeah, Joyner Lucas won that. Bunch of other cool artists, bigger artists. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, me and a friend of mine, we won that. Yeah, that's a good win because that's a great beat. That's a good win. Thank you, man. Yep, cool. So you, you, so you dropped the video for it too, right? You're just talking about it? I did, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, everything's currently out right now. You can check that out pretty much uh, YouTube. Uh, it's on Spotify to stream as well. iTunes, pretty much anywhere you can find music, you're going to find it. Contagious. Awesome. What's the latest with this EP you're putting together called Paradise? Have you dropped that yet, or you still is that still in the works? So I'm still developing it, man. It's a, it's a product project that's produced entirely by me, mixed, mastered, engineered. It's going to be all me, myself. Just because, I, as weird as it sounds, I want to have a piece of art out that, say, for, you know, anything can happen any day. So for whatever fucking reason, I end up dying before I should, or I want, you know what I mean? Like, before anything good happens, I want that art to be out there that yeah. I made all myself. So, that's it's coming out. I, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but it will be out before the summer is finished. What, um, how many, how many tracks are you going to put on it? It's going to be ten tracks. Oh, that's like a, almost, that's like an album. Yeah. Damn near, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, man. I wanted to do five, but I was like, fuck it, let me go ten. That's what's up. Uh, and you're going to drop the whole thing at once, right? The whole boom. Does everybody have ten tracks to listen yeah. to? Whole project. And I'm not even, for this one, to be straight up, like I got I have many songs stacked up. But for this project, I'm not worried about the streams. Obviously, I want it to do great, you know what I mean? Like every artist does, but I'm not worried about the stream numbers. I'm not worried about who, how many people hear it. It's one of the things that's gonna appreciate with time in my mm -hmm. eyes. So it's it's more it's for me more than it is for anyone else. Like I want everyone to hear it, but 
you know, whatever the fuck happens, happens with this one. Yeah, man, that's cool. What about live performing? Have you done any of that? I mean, obviously, you know, with the COVID-19 shutting down the country, is tough to, you know, most venues are closed down, but have you gone out there and rapped in front of people, performed? Yeah, definitely, man. I've performed a bunch of times. Um, I would say, I don't have any notable, notable for, for live performances, like, you yeah. know, unfortunately not yet, I would say, but um, I've definitely performed a lot. That's one of my one of my favorite things to do. Have you used the shelter in place, the whole COVID nineteen, to really, you know, since everybody's sheltering in place, and um, have you used that opportunity to write more and really get, you know, focus more on writing? Absolutely, man. Like this COVID nineteen, I'm not going to say it's a blessing at all because you know a lot of people are dying, so it's real fucked up. But at the same time, for me and a lot of other artists that are, you know, intelligent, they understand like how many people's attention spans are up right now because they just have to be. Yeah, so it's like. I've honed it on my craft more than anything. I've actually tapped into videography more now. Nice. I've gotten better at every single thing that I've done. I've gotten better at just because, you know, I ain't doing nothing else. Yeah. So that's a good time to drop singles, man, since people are, you know, not out as much. You know what I mean? The people are... Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, now, when this EP, Paradise, comes out... You said you're going to do the whole thing, produce the whole nine. What about beats? Do you make beats, or you're going to have a, you know, you're going to go to your go-to guy for the beats for the songs? No, no, it's going to be produced. I, I make beats too. I've been making beats since I was uh, nice. I think when I turned twenty, so about six years. So yeah, I produce. I'm at pretty out, you know, I do my own, but I'm at a pretty high level. I would say with producing. So that's why I want to produce this whole thing. I'm finally mixing and engineering was my weakest point until. Honestly, until COVID hit, and I've gotten really fucking good at that. I'm actually like, you know, engineering is like one of my side hustles now. You keep fucking around. I have to call you Pharrell Williams here soon. For <laughs> <laughs> real, man. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to knock on Pharrell's door, man. That's, yeah, man. That's my next goal. Well, Pharrell's feeling the fucking heat from the Bronx. Yo, facts. <laughs> that's what's up. I've I always been a big Pharrell fan myself. I like, I like, I like what he stands for. Um, True legend. Yeah, he really is. The guy's like stupid talented. I mean, his talent level is like ridiculous, so high. I mean, really and truly, he probably has so much time to work on his craft, man. Like he's probably every day he's probably been at this for years and years. Like I'm, I'm noticing the growth that is happening with myself just off this COVID thing. Like, yeah, literally dedicating 100 percent of my time, and I'm noticing the growth. So I'm just thinking like. Once I get to the level that I want to be at, I can't imagine where I'm going to get to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how these legends become legends, you know? Absolutely. And you and you said you're 26? How old are you? 26. Yeah, you're young. You're 26. Um, maybe you're young still, dude. You got you got all kinds of time to grow and, and really you know, perfect your craft, for sure. Appreciate that. All right, yeah. so let's talk about some of your musical influences who are some people that's really inspired you musically coming up? Man, of course, I get it all the time. Um, J. Cole, I, I get that comparison a lot, but J. Cole definitely was one of my, my biggest inspirations as an artist. He um he really, like, he got me through high school, you know what I mean? Like, he really pushed me to continue. Kid Cudi, I would say, was major. Andre 3000. And then uh, my favorite artist, literally of all time, like, above all of any other artist I've ever heard, Nina Simone. I, when I watched her uh, documentary, I learned a lot about, like, she she reminds me a lot of the Bernie Buddhist, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she, she exemplifies what it is to sacrifice everything you work for 
for your beliefs and your cause. Like she got blackballed, she got disrespected, she was getting paid way less than she should. Just yeah. because, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's a song called Mississippi Goddamn, and her life got flipped the fuck upside down after she made that. And it was like she knew it too. She knew she was sacrificing herself. You know what I mean? So it's uh-huh. it's 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 real dope, man. It's real. She's amazing. I it's remember. Very, I remember that because don't forget, I live in Mississippi. And I remember when that happened. I remember all the bullshit she took, too. I remember that. How old are you, man? <laughs> I'm uh, no, no, that's a fair question. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older. I'm like, tw- I'm literally twice your age. Um, but I've yeah. always been a, a huge m- music fan. And, and like, even when I was in, when I was a teenager, I liked some of the '50s music. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like. I, I just have a really wide open, completely wide open uh, interest in music of like many genres. Uh, music to me is is uh, music to me is therapy, and I, and, I, and 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 I don't think you should limit yourself to just one genre of music because if you do that, you're really fucking missing out on on so much different talents and like every genre that I can think of, I appreciate something about it. Now there's certain genres that I don't like as much as others but there's not a genre of music that i that there's not part of that i that i don't appreciate and hip-hop's just have you know i grew up in in new york you know and I'm, a, I'm an og now I, I grew up in new york in the 70s and the 80s and this is when when hip-hop was, was just emerging um for real you got to see that shit explode, I, I was man. in look i was in new york when run dmc hit the scene now of course we heard of the run dmc before the rest of the country and the world did because they were selling out local venues around you know up in new york city area even outside of new york city um but up in that area so we all knew who the local run we knew they were making noise but we but but before they blew up and went like international Everybody in in my everybody used to wear Adidas sneakers because that's what Run DMC would wear. You know what I mean? They were already setting trends before they even went big. It was amazing what they did. That's dope as shit. That is so dope. Yeah, that's dope. Yep. And then when they hit, you know, when they hit, and the rest of the country and the world saw what they were doing, it was like. And then another real huge watershed moment was when Run DMC collabed with Aerosmith, the rock band Aerosmith. They, they they cut that's, that track that's, walk that's, this way. What's that? I never heard that. I never been into Run DMC just because just jaded. You know what I mean? Like the old old school hip hop. I never got into just because I'm more new school. I don't mean trap music, but like yeah. when I say old school, I mean '80s hip hop. But yep. this is something I gotta tap into, man. I'm I'm, I'm lacking in my education. Yeah, definitely, really definitely it. give it a listen, man, because you're missing out on like what all started hip hop. You know what I mean? Those guys opened the doors for for people like you, young artists like you coming up. You wouldn't have had that yeah. shot if it wasn't for what like run the run DMC, and then a little bit after that. I wouldn't even think about hip hop. What's that? I was saying I wouldn't even be thinking about hip hop yeah. if these guys didn't. You know, yeah, and then think about what band, what what, what hip hop artists like NWA did. NWA was, in my opinion, those guys they they opened doors. Um, and those fucking crazy fools, man. I have a lot of respect for them guys. They didn't give. A, they didn't give a fuck. That's what I loved about NWA. They had zero fucks to give. They took on the fucking government, cops. They took on everybody. They literally did not care, man. They were. They were different. They to me, those are like the the grand. I don't know. Those those guys made shit. They made hip hop the aggressive, aggression, aggression, aggressive art form that it can be. Like a tool. You know what I mean? Like a 
a real tool for change. Yep. Those motherfuckers are different. Ice Cube's still out here doing his thing, man. It's, it's dope. Yeah, he is, man. Do you remember that movie uh, Straight Outta Compton? Have you seen the movie Straight Outta Compton? I did see it. That gave me like a greater appreciation for them. Okay, so in that movie, you're going to love this story. In that movie, if you remember right, there was a small part that Tupac... Um, obviously, Tupac didn't well, wasn't in the movie. You know, he passed away. But the actor that played Tupac, you remember the little the little remember the part in the movie when they were in the studio and Snoop Dogg was there and Tupac was in the studio. Um, do you remember that little yeah. part in the movie? Okay, so the guy, the actor who played who played Tupac, is a guy named Mark Rose. So Mark Rose was on my podcast show, the one you're on right now. Um, right after the movie came out, when I saw the movie, when I saw the movie, I was like, "Holy shit, that guy looks just fucking like Tupac." I mean, whoever, whoever cast that dude was a genius, man, because he looks—I mean, he, he could be like Tupac's twin brother. When you when you finish this podcast with me, you Google search Mark Rose and then maybe put straight out of Compton. You, you're going to trip when you see how much this guy looks like Tupac. So anyway. I had Mark Rose on my show, and I asked him in the in the interview. I, I said, "Hey, what was like the most memorable highlight of your experience filming in the movie Straight Outta Compton?" And you know what he told me? He said, "He said the, the highlight for me didn't happen during the filming. He said the highlight for me happened after the film released." I'm like, "Really?" I said, "What's what's up? What happened?" He said, "We were at a we were at a a film release party." And I was at the party, and it was a film release get-together, and Tupac's mother walked up to me. I was like, what? And, and he said, yeah, he said, Tupac's mom walked up to me, and she introduced, introduced herself to me. She said, I'm Tupac's mother. And she put her hand out, and of course he shook her hand, and he said she grabbed his hand and squeezed it, and said, I just want you to know I watched the film, and you did me and my son very proud she said, "Thank you for for playing such a good role and, and making my son look good." That must have changed his fucking life. I can't even imagine that type of feeling right there. Dude, he, to he told me that every hair in his body stood up. He said, yeah, "I got goose." He said, "I got goose chills from head to toe." And here's this this woman, the mother of an iconic figure like Tupac. And for her to validate my performance, there's no, he said, he told me there's no greater validation that I could have got. And he said when I, when I, when I got the part, he said I was fucking nervous because I was playing Tupac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge responsibility. That's a fucking huge responsibility. So when he said his mother came up to me and spoke those words to me, he said I'll never forget it to the day I die. That is amazing. Holy shit. I can't even imagine the feeling. That's, this, it doesn't matter who liked it, who didn't like the, the role. Like, his mom saying that, that must have changed his life, honestly. For sure. I mean, you know, and, and honestly, who gives a fuck what anybody else said if she said that? So that she trumps exactly. everybody. <laughs> she trumps everybody. Yeah, for sure. It don't matter what anybody else said. But, all right, cool. I, mean, I kind of got off, got off track a little bit, but I wanted to share that story with you because, uh, it's just no, I appreciate that. That's that's amazing, man. That's that's really cool. Like, yeah, yeah. and I think she didn't she die recently too. I think she did pass away not too long ago. Yeah, I think I remember he, yeah, hearing about that. Passed. Yep, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, but Google search Mark Rose. Yeah, 
I think you did while we were talking, man. He looks exactly fucking like an actor. No, no it's for real, don't he? he? He really does. Like, that's crazy. Yep. All right, a couple more things, man. So, um, what do you want to get done? I know we, we talked about the EP coming out, um, but what else? Is there anything else before 2021 gets here that you want to get done? Any goals? Man, I, can't, I mean, I'm constantly dropping singles, so that's my main objective right now. Drop as much music as possible, build up my catalog. I actually have a song that came out uh, yesterday. Uh, it's called By My Side that just dropped. I don't know if, you know, anyone who wants to tap into that, it's out now. Where can I get it? Okay, hold on. Hold on, let's, let's not go too quick because I want to make sure the listeners hear that. So the song's called By My Side? Yeah, By My Side. And they can get that where? Spotify, all those places? Check that out. Everywhere, yeah, yeah, By My Side, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on uh, Title. everywhere you can hear music, it's out right now. Yep, you're going to drop a video for it? Um, the way I'm moving these singles, man, it's not, I'm not doing massive productions like I used to, just based off the fact that I know it's not absolutely necessary yeah. for an audience, you know what I mean? And I don't have the funds to do that yet, yep. but I am going to do a video myself. Just to just to keep people you know in tune with it, I'm gonna do a video myself, and it's gonna come out probably uh, probably next week, Monday. That's what's that man. crazy. Nothing like contagious, but some simple stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That's good, man. You're a busy dude, man. You're a busy guy. I, I try, man. I try. <laughs> that's good, man. You know what though? That's what gets you to the next level, man. Almost everybody who I can think of that's made you know successful living in, in music and or in acting or really for in anything for that matter are just hard ass workers people have work ethic that's a fact that's what i pride myself in man like I, I i believe i'm talented and i know that like but i was extremely bad when i first started the only thing that got me to this level is the work ethic so that's my main you know what i mean like if i can get a compliment about anything it's, it's that work ethic i literally put my soul into this shit so yeah. I believe when you know when whenever it comes time to get what I deserve when it comes to this shit I think I'm gonna get it you know what I mean like constantly driving constantly investing constantly moving so I, I just I believe in it yeah man and when you were saying that I was thinking about your great grandfather you know what would be pretty cool one day when you drop you know an album or something is put your grandfather's picture on there your great grandfather real shit real shit that's yeah, actually man. a very good idea Alright man, look, I enjoyed talking to you man You're a very talented guy, I really enjoyed the song And the video um, All my listeners out there, definitely get behind this young guy And, and support his music Before I let you go um, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners Out there, one more time like Where they can follow you on social media And, and where they can get your music, stuff like that Absolutely man, I appreciate it uh, So you can check me out on Pretty much anywhere, Instagram uh, YouTube, Twitter At John Sway. J-O-N-S-W-A-I-I uh, I'm on Spotify iTunes YouTube Title, Everywhere I appreciate you having me on man It was, it was real, real cool talking to you Yeah man I, I appreciate you coming on And I enjoyed talking to you too And I want you to come back Once you got some new stuff You want to talk about Come back on alright Absolutely man Thank you Alright John Be safe man